1 Corinthians chapter 15. <laughs> Is that some sort of code in the spirit? <laughs> you guys are, you're really, you're too much. You know, my wife and I have a lot of fun. Amen. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57. Somebody shout amen. Man, we got some awesome guest speakers coming this fall. Chris Christopher, Pastor Chris is going to be here Sunday night. Thank you, Lord. Our very own pastor and Mrs. Lynette, Pastor Kenneth W. Hagen is going to be here in October. And then Brother Keith Moore is going to be here. Amen. Glory to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verse 57, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, I just love that verse of scripture. I like to say it again and again and again. I guess I'm like my spiritual father, Dad Hagen. You know, Dad Hagen, just out of his spirit, sometimes he'd be walking in the car or walking to the car or riding in the car. And you'd hear him say, thanks be to God. Which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that that's a good thing to say. Thanks be to God. Which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Victory is ours. Victory is mine. I'm living on the victory side. How about you? Glory to God. Now, turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And let's look at verse 14. Now, one thing for sure, religion's going to teach you how to fail. And then it's, they're going to try to explain why it's God's mysterious will that you failed. You don't ever understand why, but God had some deep purpose in sending you through this test and trial, which he sent to deepen your piety. Baloney. That's a, that's a lie straight from the pit of hell. Religion has nothing to do with Christianity. Don't listen to that stuff. Amen. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, notice with me in verse 14. Let's read it together. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. And maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Amen. Thanks be to God, which always, in different ways and in different manners, he always causes us to triumph in Christ. And through our lives, the fragrance of the knowledge of God is evidenced. And people that are outside of the covenant, when they see your life, when they see you walking in joy that they know nothing about, when they see you walking in the peace of God that they know nothing about, it's going to make them hungry for who you have on the inside. It's going to make them hungry for what you have. And what we have is not of this world. What we have doesn't come from this world. What we have comes from heaven. Amen? And so we have heaven's peace 
right in the midst of a stress-filled world. We have heaven's joy right in the midst of a sadness, depressed, filled world. Amen? Therefore, we can proclaim daily that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And as for me and my house, there will be no more down days. As for me and my house, there will be no more sad days. No more sad days. No more bad days. But full of joy and glad days. Amen? Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, somebody says, what if somebody dies? Well, if they die, they go to heaven. And yes, there's going to be a sorrow when a person dies. But the sorrow that you and I have when a person goes on is not the sorrow that has anything to do with this world. Because the truth of the matter is, this world's hope is is absolutely, they have none. But our hope is in God and it's beyond this world. And our hope is, is that we will see them again. Amen? And so, you know, there's a, there's a difference between missing a person. You understand? There's a, there's a difference between feeling that, that, that void and, and having that ache from time to time. But there's a vast difference between missing a person and going into a complete breakdown. Going into being paralyzed. Going into a, a place and going into a position that after one year, two years, three years, people are still agonizing over a person's death. Did you know and did you understand that Jesus Christ bore our griefs? And it's not easy. And I'm not pretending that it is easy. But I will say this, that our hope is in God. And that there not ought to be a spirit of grief attached to our lives. Day in and day out and day in and day out over someone that's been promoted. Amen. Yeah, you're going to miss him. Yes, you miss him. Yes, you feel that ache. Yes, you feel that void. Yes, absolutely. But we don't have to go into a complete breakdown over it. Are you listening to me? Thanks be to God that the sting of death has been defeated. And the power of victory in Christ Jesus is not only realized on this side, but it's realized on the other side. And it's not going to be long before the family in heaven and earth is joined together. So whatever the situation, whether by life or by death, whatever the situation be, we're still more than conquerors through Him that loved us. Amen? I mean, I don't believe in dying young. I don't believe in dying broke. And I don't believe in dying sick. But if a person did all three, (laughs) they still got the victory. Because their names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen? So I encourage you to live long and live strong. Amen? But let's live in the victory lane. Glory to God. Now... We left the other night with this thought in mind. I've been teaching on this for a couple of weeks now. How would you like to know how to increase your capacity to receive from God? Anybody out there that would like to receive from God? All right, good. Well, we do that by cultivating then 
a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Now I want to give you three points about the cultivation of a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Number one, you got to recognize. Number two, you must remember. And number three, you must recount. To recognize means to acknowledge and to be grateful for. Has anybody ever seen the Lord do something good for them? That should be recognized. That should be acknowledged. There ought to be a spirit of gratitude displayed for what the Lord has done. Glory to God. We sing that song, look what the Lord has done. And then the second point is to remember. Remember. And we talked about that Sunday night, didn't we? Where the Word of God says, forget not all of His benefits. So when we remember what the Lord has done, then we are grateful for what He has done. Remembering. And then number three, we ought to recount the goodness of God. Tell what the Lord has done. You know, I think about what the woman with the issue of blood was told by the Master to do. Amen? The Bible says she fell down before him and she told him all the truth. I think about what the master told that person that was delivered from all those demonic forces. He said, go home now to your friends and tell them how great things the Lord has done for you and has had compassion on you. Listen, I believe that there is power in a testimony. There's power in telling your story. There is a release, if you will, of the spirit of prophecy and the spirit of Christ when a person recounts in detail what God has done in them and for them and through them. I believe it. Now listen, I believe so strong in recounting and telling what God has done for us that I believe that there comes an anointing, praise God, and there comes an anointing for breakthrough on that person that you are recounting and testifying what God has done for you. Because what God has done for them, He will do you, He will do for them. Amen? There is a breakthrough anointing. When you give God glory, when you give Him thanksgiving, when you just tell your story and you tell what the Lord has done and you magnify the Lord, people's attentions and their affections will be fixed upon the Lord. Oh, glory to God. Prophesy. Declare. Look what the Lord has done. Now, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, we looked at this Sunday night. It says, By Him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Sometimes it does seem like a sacrifice. And to do it continually. That is the fruit of our lips. And here's what I want you to see. Giving thanks to what? Giving thanks to His name. In the margin of a good Bible... That giving thanks to His name literally means confessing His name by declaring His name. The fruit of your lips, confessing His name. The Amplified says, Through Him, therefore, let us constantly and at all times, that's in good times and bad times and in between times, 
offer up to God a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips. Now notice, thankfully acknowledging and confessing and glorifying His name. Oh, the body of Christ would come up several degrees Another degree of glory to glory if they would develop a spirit of thanksgiving. Hallelujah. I'm working on it in my life. I'm thanking God for the biscuits. I'm thanking God for the gravy. I'm thanking God for the chicken fried steak. Amen. I got so tied up and tangled up and thanking God for the biscuits and gravy. Glory to God, I had it the other morning. Thank you. Oh, it was good. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for favor. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for favor. God showed me favor today. In a workout facility that I had, they bumped us down in the, in the monthly fee. Glory to God. Somebody says it's only $7. Thank God for $7. Thank God for $7. Amen. And they waived a processing fee of $10. Thank God for $10. If you can't thank him for the seven, you won't thank him for the thousand. <laughs> Are you listening to me? You better start thanking him for that penny you found on the sidewalk. You better start thanking him for that nickel raise you got on the job. Be thankful, glory to God. And you will position yourself for increase. Your father wants you to praise him and give him glory. It gives him good pleasure to give you the kingdom. But you know yourself as a dad or as a mom, you give your children a gift. And if they start pouting and whining and complaining, well, that's not what I wanted. You want to take that and hit them over the head with it. Isn't that the truth? And you're not likely to want to go out and spend your hard-earned money for that little brat again. Well, I think God's got a lot of little brats that think the whole world revolves around them. That think just because their name is Charles Brown that they're entitled to some things. The truth of the matter is you and I in the flesh and in the natural realm, we're not entitled to anything. We don't deserve anything but for the grace of God. We have been given abundance by the grace of God. We've been given the kingdom of God. We've been, ooh, glory to God. This is so big in me I can hardly get my words out. Let's just lift our hands and thank you. Glory to God. Let's be grateful. Thank you, Lord God, for this church. Thank you for everybody that's here tonight. Glory to God. <laughs> Woo, glory. Now, confessing His name. The word thankful means to be grateful. As we said, it means to acknowledge. It also means to confess. Forget not any of his benefits. There are so many benefits in the word of God. All you've got to look is do is look in the Bible. And this is a book of covenants. This is a book of benefits. Man, we could run around the building. We could run up and down the spurring boulevard shouting victory in Jesus by all the benefits that are in the word of God. Amen. Now let's transition. Look with me to Luke chapter 11. Verse 34. Luke chapter 11. What are you looking at? What are you looking at? What are you thinking about? 
In Luke 11:34, Jesus said, "The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when thine eye is single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But when thine eye is evil, thy body also shall be full of darkness." Now Jesus compares here the eye, the single eye, and the evil eye. Or we could say it this way, those that are single-minded and those that are double-minded. Now, we noticed over in James chapter 1 that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Now, that word double in the Greek is duo which means trying to look both ways at once. It means trying to be in faith and then being distracted in being over here. It's wishy-washy. It's like the wave driven with the wind tossed to and fro. Now, we cannot look both ways and be in faith. When a man... And a woman of God choose victory, they choose the word. And when you choose the word, you choose faith. And when you choose faith, you've got to learn to ignore everything else. Now the devil will try to get you distracted. But you make a decision that you are single-minded. And as a result of my eye being single, I only see him. I only see what his word says. I only do what I hear my father says to do. My eye is single and therefore my whole body is full of light. Now think about the term body. The term body entails many parts, does it not? We have many body parts. So does our life have many parts. And when our eye is single, every part of our life is going to be filled with the light. In other words, the life of God is going to permeate into every part of your life if you will discipline yourself to be single-minded and keep your eye fixed on Him. Are you seeing that? Maybe I'm not doing... A good enough job. Are you seeing that? Single-minded. A single eye. Your whole life will be full of light. Now here's the thing. The same afflictions that are in this world are experienced among all of us. Amen. I could tell you some things that I have been through. And you could tell me some things that you have been through. We have all been, if you will, tested. We have all been tried. Are you listening to me? And so there is no temptation taken you or me, but such as is common demand. Amen. In other words, you can't tell me something that you've been through that someone else hasn't been through. It might be a different set of circumstances, but it's the same testing coming into your life. And the scripture says it's common to man. 
Well, we serve a God who's faithful. I'm going to try it over here in that section over here. We serve a God who's faithful. How about this section over here? We serve a God who is faithful. What do you mean he's faithful? He is faithful. He will not suffer suffer you to be tempted beyond your ability. Think about that. He knew that the test was going to come. He knew that the test was going to come long before the test came. So before the foundation of the world, he provided the ability for you to stand in the midst of the test. God is faithful. Who will not suffer you and me to be tempted above our ability. But will also with this temptation provide a way out. He will also with this test, this trial, this fiery thing that you're going through. He will always provide a way out and ability from him for you to arrive at a safe landing place. And I submit to you that thanksgiving and praise and keeping a single eye is part of God's way out for you. And so, the choice becomes ours. We can become test-minded, we can become defeat-minded, or we can stay victory-minded. Say it with me, I'm keeping my eyes fixed on Him. I'm keeping my mind stayed on Him. Now look over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, if you would, and verse 18. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. One thing that I say all the time, thank you, Lord, big checks are on the way. And I'm not using the power of manipulation or the power of suggestion to try to get you to give a big check. Quite frankly, my eyes are not on you. My eyes are on the Lord. Now, God might use you. Amen? But my eyes aren't on you. And I'm prophesying and declaring, and I'm thanking God ahead of time that big checks are on the way. Mucho dinero. On the way. Amen. 2 Corinthians 4.18. But I have to train myself to stay in that vein. I got to train myself to stay in that vein. Because, you know, one Sunday may come and the offering be low. What are you going to do? Fall apart? No, if your eye is single and your heart is fixed and you're really trusting God, you're not moved by low numbers. But you're moved by the Most High God. And so I have to train myself in that. I have to develop in that. I have to continuously and constantly be thanking God for the bills of this church to be paid. It's a -a 24-hour-a-day job. But you know, they which believe have entered into rest. And so another one of my confessions is, Lord, thank you, I'm carefree. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, I don't have a care. I've rolled my care so far over on him, I just don't have it anymore. Thank God I'm carefree. So then when care knocks on the door of my soul, and it does, and care knocks on the soul of your door, it sure does. What is, what is our confession? Thank you, God, I'm carefree. Lord, you might feel 
feel fear in your, in your bones, might feel fear in your body. But thank God I'm fear-free, faith-filled, carefree, and full of the Holy Ghost and fire. Amen. See, it's, it's, it's training. It's developing. It's cultivating. And the way these things really get cultivated is when the pressure's on. Okay? When the pressure's on. Because the pressure will come. And the pressure will push against you. So what should come out of us in a time of pressure is praise. Amen? Amen. And I've had to learn to do this. And I'm still learning to do it. And you can do it too. Because there's, there's tons of stuff that have tried to rob you of your joy. There's tons of things that will try to bring you down. And make you sad. Some of them are your relatives. Now I'm not talking about any relatives you have here tonight. You know, I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about some of you. It could be your own babies, your own children. Try to sap the joy right out of you. But thank you, Lord, for the biscuits. (laughs) Amen. Thank you, Lord, for their salvation. Thank you, Lord, for their deliverance from drugs. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord, for their deliverance from lust. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you for the gravy, Lord. Amen. Circumstantial evidence will rob you of joy unless you train yourself to cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving. And so I, I don't know how to explain it, but I know for sure that something happens when we do cultivate that and we get into that place of worship and praise and into that place of His presence. It's, it's, all, it's, it's like a, a, a bubble of protection. It's just like, it's like a shield around you. And all hell could be breaking loose on every side around you. But it just comes against that shield and goes, whoop. Amen. There's power in this, folks. There's power in a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Amen. I'm not talking about putting your head in the sand and and burying it like an ostrich and pretending, oh, no, I don't have bills. No, I don't have children that are doing drugs. Well, you do have bills. And you do have children that are doing drugs. But what we're doing is we're thanking God for their deliverance. Amen. Now look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. I've been robbed long enough. How about you? I've been, I've been robbed long enough by the devil. How about you? I've been, I've been robbed long enough of days of heaven on earth by looking at circumstantial evidence. I'll just admit it. I've been through a lot. But oh, glory to God, I'm coming up. I said I'm coming up. And what I'm preaching to you is as much for me as it is for you. Let's just take a praise break right now. Let's thank you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. There's answers here for us. Glory to God. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. No more sadness. No more bondage. Thank you, Father, for victory in Jesus. Glory to God. 
Glory to God. Hallelujah. Went, went through some things with my youngest son. Just about ate my lunch. If I told you the whole story, it would curl your hair if it was straight. And if it was straight, it would curl it. I mean, went through a lot. There really isn't anybody, you know, anybody's business except family and a few close friends. But went through a lot. And I had days of sadness over him. Days of grieving over him. Days where I had to get up in the pulpit and act like I was on top of the world when my soul felt desolate. Days, weeks, months of fighting the good fight of faith with him and for him. I talked to Brother Moore one day. Called him up on the telephone. And I said, I just don't quite frankly know what we're going to do with him. And he said, I got a tape. Back in those days, we had tapes. <laughs> and he said, I want you to have him listen to this tape. I'll send it to you called No More Down Days. Well, he was down because he was clinically depressed. But I was down because my son was down. Are you listening to me? Yes. Yes. I mean, you have, a, you have a son, you have a daughter that's going through it. Man, it's tough. It's tough to see people hurting. It's tough to see people tormented. Very, very tough. And, you know, I, I knew how to maintain, you know, a certain percent of victory in my own life. But I'm not interested in a certain percent of victory. I'm interested in 100% victory. Are you listening to me? And so he sent, he sent James that tape, No More Down Days, and I got a hold of it and started listening to it. I started listening to it about 100 times. Glory to God, I got it. And I started saying, no more down days for me. Amen. Now what he does with his life and the choices that he makes is between him and the Lord. Amen. And you know, sometimes you got to get to that place as a parent. I'll tell you the truth about it. If you've got young ones that aren't living right and living for the Lord under your roof, a lot of times the things that they're going through is by their own choices. And the only thing that is going to bring a breakthrough in that person's life, amen, and I know it was so for James, was a complete turnaround and a complete choosing of Jesus Christ. And I'm proud to say to you tonight that he did that. I said he did that. He went through a lot of situations, went through a lot of places he didn't have to, but thank God he's on his way. Amen. And he's at Brother Moore's church serving faithfully. Glory to God. But you see, not only did it almost eat his lunch, but it almost ate our lunch. Almost ate my lunch. And so I had to learn this. I had to fight this. I had to declare when my flesh didn't feel like it. You're going to preach this word now. You're going to go up there and you're going to fake it till you make it. You're going to act like you got the victory. Even though in the face of apparent defeat... And so I did the Word of God. Yeah, that's right. Hallelujah. And you know what? I cultivated and I trained myself in the midst of the valley to rejoice. Not for it, but in it. Because my eyes were on Him who was right there in it with me. And He was the one who could take me through it and bring me to the other side. Yeah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I don't know whether you realize it or not, but it is a huge responsibility to pastor a church. 
And there are huge bills that come regularly. And if I trained myself to be moved by what I saw and to be moved by what was due, I tell you what, right now, I'd be living on the farm with Ricky Edwards, (laughs) picking potatoes and preaching where I could. But you know what I've done? I've counted the cost. And I know what it takes to pay the price. Now understand this. I know that he paid the price. But there's a price I've got to pay. And the price I've got to pay is to keep my eyes on him. And to keep in the avenue and to keep in the arena of faith and to keep in the arena of thanksgiving. And by the grace of God, I've been able to do that. And so I don't stand before you tonight telling you stuff I don't know about. I've experienced this. And I've seen God work in the valley. And I've seen God take us through the valley and bring us to the other side. Amen. Amen. You know, a lot of times the, the word of faith is just portrayed as, you know, oh man, no problems, no problems. It's more like become a Christian and welcome to problems. But the good news is, is you've got the solution. You've got the answers right here in that B-I-B-L-E. Amen. So praise him in the valley. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Glory to God. Well, I don't know whether it helped you or not, but I preach myself happy. Glory to God. We better close up real soon. Amen. We got through about a half page of notes. We got about eight more to go. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 18. Let's look at this. Now, if I can do this, you can do this. I have no special anointing to do what I'm telling you. I'm especially anointed to preach this and to communicate this and to teach this. But I have no more anointing to live this than you do. We all have the anointing to live it. But it's a choice. It's a choice. In 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18, look at this with me. See, a single-minded man... A person's eye who is single on the Lord, he does not look at the things which are seen. But at the things which are what? The things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The things which are seen are subject to change. But the things which are not seen will never change. So it's our decision on where we're going to keep our eyes on. Keeping our eyes on the things which are seen will fluctuate. You'll be all around. You'll be one day up, one day down, the next day almost level to the ground. Living in the valley. But oh, thank God. We can be single-minded And we can keep our things and our mind on the things which are not seen. The eternal word of the living God. And God's word will change that which is temporal. And bring to pass the things that you believe that you've received in Jesus name. So that's all I have. I could preach another hour or two, but we're not going to do it. Glory to God. Let's all stand to our feet. Amen, amen, amen. So let's be thankful for what God has given us. 
And if you're going through a difficult time right now, I want to ask you to come to the front and we're going to help you praise. You're going through a tough time right now? Come on right now to the front. We're going to help you praise.